0: You are entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver.
1: Can't believe it, but it's almost the end of the year. 2023 is almost upon us, and we've got one last obligation, and that is to look at 2022 and make some sense of it. What did we learn? Did we learn anything of value that we can take into the new year? Um, I think there's a lot we could learn. There's a lot we can digest and analyze, and uh, it's too much for one person to do. So uh, we've invited our, our dear friend Rob Scott from Scott & Scott to to join us and help uh, add to the analysis and uh, make some sense of, of what I would say is a quite busy hectic and somewhat momentous year in the managed services sector so Rob welcome back to the program
0: thank you Charles glad to be here
1: absolutely I, I know you've you've got you've got some exciting stuff so we're gonna get to that in due course uh, I, I know you you and and folks at your firm have been revolutionizing as, as you guys always have the 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 world of contracts and and agreements for, for MSPs, but I'm just going to go through it and kind of do a lightning round, um, with with you and I, so we can just cover as much material as we can, because there's a lot of stuff we don't have enough time to, to cover each of these topics. They're, 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 they're full, you know, half an hour, one hour discussions in each of them, but let's, let's start with the financial, the financial uh, review of 2022. Um, by most objective um, accounting, it looks like we you know, we hit a, uh, an official recession, two successive quarters of negative GDP. Um, some people don't agree with that. But whatever it, it, it that used to be, and, and I think is a st- still a fairly accurate predictor. We we have undoubted inflation. We still have supply chain issues, and yet the MSPs most of them seem to still be doing pretty well. True or not true in your opinion?
0: True on all of that. Um, I agree that the recession occurred earlier in the year with two quarters of um, decline. Um, But managed service providers are doing well. I think the challenge that we're going to find is that although sales and revenue are good, Issues with cost, particularly labor, and slow uh, reaction to pricing will show that some MSPs are are margin-constricted. And and although uh, monthly recurring revenues are still solid, uh, unit economics around gross and net margins due to wage inflation and other cost factors is something from a financial perspective that I think <clears throat> firms need to look at, as well as a, a accounts receivable risk. You know, if you're one of these MSPs that, that's on the old approach of loaning money to your clients and hoping they pay, pay, um, uh, accounts receivable risk as you move into uncertain economic times is a factor and that's why we're recommending to our MSP clients that they move to models where the client pays in advance, and that everything is on auto pay, either via credit card or ACH.
1: The, the whole year, or uh, like just the month the, the the month in advance.
0: Yeah, just the month in advance. Okay. Just you know, if, if if you sign up for managed services in January, then the first the the fees for January are due in the first part of January, as opposed to billed in the first part of February and due to be paid in March, which is my view of the old model. Um, The new model is uh, automated payments for managed services. So you don't have a back office impact and your customers are paying you uh, in advance. Essentially, you've got the money for the month of services that you're providing. And that will, that's a best practice, but it also mitigates the, Accounts receivable risk that I mentioned in a in a shaky economic period. So, so to answer your question, I think MSPs are poised. I'm sorry, Charles. I think MSPs are poised to continue to grow. I think many of my clients are saying 20, 25 percent top line growth as a target. Uh, Not too bad. uh, HR uh, and and ability to find talent is a significant um, growth limiter.
1: So I want to I want to pick that up since you brought it brought it up a good good segue. So the 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 numbers, the Gartner numbers are in um you know 2022 didn't on paper didn't look that good from a global IT spend. It was up, but it was up less than a percentage point from previous year 2021, but next year is looking really solid like I think over 5% growth uh if I recall. Your point on on talent We had massive wage inflation, yes. We had regular inflation as well, but we also, this year, ended very differently than we started because unlike how we started, mid-year and on, we had mass, not just layoffs, but tech firm layoffs. There's thousands, probably tens of thousands of of people who used to work in the tech sector, and I'm not just talking about Twitter, or Facebook or Google, but I mean, in other types of non-social media uh, firms, is this going to have some sort of alleviation for the MSPs, in your opinion, or not at all?
0: I, I think it will. The issue is, is how how closely does the work that these dislocated folks have been doing, how closely does it um, uh, mirror what is needed in terms of skills? For MSPs, you know, as I talk to MSPs, what I think they're mostly needing is X, um, you know, uh, tier two, tier three techs are, I think, really um, hard to find. And I'm not so sure that the layoffs from the big um, tech firms are going to be populated with a lot of those people. But if they are, then that certainly would be helpful for managed services
1: no doubt yeah I, I agree with you rob i i think that the it's it's too early to see but I, I think one thing that i'm hoping is that the the layoffs do ease off the pressure that was was uh, ma- you know just compounding on the on the on the shoulders of msp you know hr and business owners because they they were really struggling to keep up with you know wages and i and i i sense that, that that's changed dramatically but I want to. I'm going to switch over to uh, our old topic, MSP regulation. And again, you and I have talked about this so frequently. Um, 15 years ago, I remember you and I talking way ahead of the time. Hey, get ready! One day we're going to have regulation, and people in the audience would say, "Ah, oh, get out of here! You guys, you guys don't know what the heck you're talking about. That's never going to happen. It's it's happening. It's happening all over the world. We just saw uh, the United Kingdom." is getting ready to update its uh, 2018 NIS um, regulation on on cybersecurity to include a pretty sizable update for managed service providers. Um, MSP regulation is here. Um, Your your thoughts on what we saw in 2022?
0: Well, I think in 2022, um, we see the continued trend of uh, consumer privacy regulation being on the forefront of of, of regulators and legislatures mind. Um, uh, Privacy is gonna continue to be a big consumer protection issue. I expect many more states to have uh, consumer privacy protection laws of the type that California has following in some way the GDPR sort of framework, which is the international uh, European standard. And so I I think that both in the consumer protection privacy area and the data breach and and security areas, um, you're going to continue to see regulation as well directly against MSPs, but more importantly, their clients are more and more likely to be in regulated business uh, that require data processing agreements and impact the MSP by virtue of the market that they serve. For example, under HIPAA, you have to have a business associates agreement. If you have car dealership clients or financial institutions, you have to have an agreement under GLBA or the FTC safeguards rules. Um, And and it goes on and on and on um, in terms of both direct regulation, which I see is in its infancy, uh, but indirect regulation, which has been with us for some time, but is expanding exponentially. And so, MSPs have to be aware of both. And and it's not just the market where they do business that they have to be apprised of the laws. It's all the markets where their clients are doing business as well. And so that's a big challenge.
1: You bring up direct and indirect regulation, a critical distinction for people listening to this to understand. But Rob, here's my follow-up question to you. As it pertains to the general issue of I'm 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 generalizing now, right? The the public policy and the regulators globally view right or wrong. They view MSPs as having risk, and you just articulated a fairly good distinction between direct and indirect regulation. Which I would also add to and say there's a difference between MSP security, MSP risk. And customer security, customer risk. What can you, what what are your thoughts on that distinction? Have we made any ground this year in terms of educating um, the the, the general public on those issues?
0: Um, I I think that there's still a long way to go uh, on those issues. I, I, I think that many MSPs, for example, Uh, may have contracts like ours that say that the end user has to have first-party cyber liability insurance, but frequently they don't. And so now the MSP is faced with helping the client get the insurance that they need, which creates other opportunities and risks. Um, But by and large, I think that uh, the, the market for cyber risk is concerned about MSPs because of what they refer to as the risk aggregation problem. If an MSP has a hundred customers and the MSP is breached, so the theory goes, then a hundred customers get breached. And, and so that's, it's not a one incident, it's a hundred incidents. And, and, and I know that, and you have good arguments and documentation to prove it, that, that MSPs, particularly that are in the verification program and that have been using uh, the MSP Alliance uh, insurance program, we see from evidence from that data relative to the benchmark data industry-wide that managed service providers, particularly those that are verified, particularly members of the MSP Alliance, are not, in fact, creating increased aggregate risk but what they're doing is significantly de- decreasing the cyber liability risk of the companies that they serve. And so, you know, we could argue this both ways, but I, I think from an MSP's perspective, it's important to know that these risks exist and that if something goes wrong, they're likely to be blamed um, legally. And so they need to make sure that they're protecting themselves. But at, 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 at a market level, I still agree with you a hundred percent that there's no evidence that a, that a, a small business without an MSP is at a less risk for cyber than, uh, than a, a, a small business that has a, a, a mature MSP as a service provider.
1: Okay, Rob, I'm going to ask you a leading question. I'm telling you in advance, I'm going to lead you as a witness. Um, it's going to, it's going to be an entry to the discussion of contracts, which again, you you brought up um the, the work. And by the way, for those that don't know, Rob and I have been <laughs> probably the only two people out there for 20, close to 20 years who have been arguing for standardization around managed services agreements. Just so you know, this is not, a, this is not something that we, we have stumbled across, right? Rob, Rob's firm particularly has, has been leading the, the, the charge in this. But back to my leading question. I saw Enable... The the company the RMM platform enable um, echo what you and I have been saying in different forms for many many years and what and I'm paraphrasing so I apologize but basically enable said hey look the time for break fix is done right there's no real room for break fix you have to be in managed services and and I'm not exactly sure what motivated them but I agreed with the with the with the social media post and here's my question. Are we now at a point entering into twenty twenty three when MSPs ought to not only in practice but also in their agreements, in their agreements, start to separate and cease my terms, dangerous relationships with reactive break fix customers? Is that your thoughts on that?
0: I agree. I think your break fixed customers are a funnel to go and sell managed services. If they fall out of that funnel with no managed services agreement, they should be jettisoned. Um, Completely, like like you. There,
1: you do, the, the the argument from the MSP is Rob, I I can't do that. They're still generating revenue. What do you say?
0: I say that. Um, you need a shift in mindset. Uh, You need to talk to hundreds of MSPs who used to have those same myths that today have over 90% of their revenue is recurring. They wouldn't consider taking a break-fix client. Uh, And the reason is that break-fix is by definition not very scalable. And what smart MSPs are doing is standardizing on a minimal level of service that's necessary to protect the client. And if the client won't buy that from you, then they're not your client. You know, whether they buy advanced cyber and other things that are appropriate for higher risk environments, that's subject to configuration. But as an MSP, you need to be offering, you know some people call it the plastic and the platinum. You know, the plastic level of service is that level of service which is minimally necessary to protect your network. And and your network is your internal network and all your customers. So the plastic version is, this is my minimum that I feel comfortable with you having to keep you secure. And beyond that, I'm not your guy. If you're not going to buy that from us, then our trucks are not rolling to your location. Um, And look, I talked to a guy last week most of his business is from a storefront. He's not ready to make that transition, right? He's he's so steeped in that old approach that it's going to be very hard for him to make that transition. I tell you now, I have clients, Charles, that call me and say, I hey, just want you to review my agreements and charge me a fee to update them. And I say, why would I want to do that? It's because... That's not my business. I'm in, I cr- spent a whole career to build an offering that I believe in. Why would I go backwards? Right. And I think the same is true for managed services. Like do you build the network and then leave it? Do you why do you install the phone system and not sell a managed services contract on the phone system? A lot of this is just mindset and 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 myths about how your customers will react.
1: But Rob, I want to I want to take you, you know, I'm, I'm always—I'm I'm nudging you across the line. I, I want you to be the first one to put your foot over, um, <laughs> or we can do it at the same time. I think we're at the point, just like Enable said, where we say break, fix is dead, where we say it's, it's not tolerable. You can no longer go into surgery and not wash your hands, right? We've, we've reached the point, those days are done, you can't. You can't. You have to wash hands, and then you go in. You have to mask up before you go into surgery. You can't take break fix customers in a managed services practice because it's risky for them and it's risky for you. Should that be in the contract? Sh- should it be in the contract stated that? No, no, we're not going to do this. If you decline our managed services, you also acknowledge that we're not going to do break-fix for you and take on that same, I'm talking from a risk standpoint, articulated in an agreement.
0: Yeah, so whether they want to do it as break-fix or not, our agreements say that if the MSP makes a recommendation for an upgrade of any type and the customer doesn't agree to it, then the customer bears the risk of anything that goes wrong. So that covers this situation, whether you know it's break fix or not. What you're asking about break fix is more of a business question because, you know, in the contracts it's going to say we're we're only responsible for the things we do and it's got lots of exclusions in it. And the risk is more of a business risk. What your your network is only as strong as the weakest link. Your break fix clients are on your network. Uh, why would you let them be on your network unless you've got your firewalls, your endpoint, your anti mount, all of your stack? If it's not going in, then that's not a good fit. Raises the question for co managed. Let's say I'm, I'm fishing upstream, I've got mid market and large enterprise clients, they hire me for, uh, you know. A managed service that is not outsourced IT—that's not break fix. That's okay, and it needs to be clear in those co-managed situations where the MSP's responsibility is and where the customers is, and that's an important contract issue. Yep. Um, the break fix issue is is one of 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 business, and and what I would say is the businesses that are having trouble transitioning to managed services from break. Fix are spending too much time doing break fix and not
1: enough time doing sales and marketing. Wow, that so there the, you said you said a lot right there, Rob. And and I guess what I'm what I'm saying is, don't be surprised in 2023 if you hear the two of us no longer talking about break fix as a realistic business model. It's a risky business model, and if you can use your contract, and if you don't have a contract, you should. Hightail it right to Rob's website and and get your contracts updated and have Rob put that language in there and use the use the contract as a as kind of a, a lever. A lever to tell your customer, I'm not in that business model anymore. I'm not gonna enable you to become, you know, more at risk. Managed services is the path forward for you to decrease your risk. The 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 I I Rob I base, basically I'm saying is that the contract can be a very powerful tool to to equip a salesperson to say have a very uncomfortable potential conversation.
0: Yeah, I agree, and and some of these conversations will be uncomfortable because what some MSPs will say is I've spoiled my clients too much. They when I go to them with an MSP contract priced at market rates. They balk. They say, "I've been paying X, and now you want me to pay all this multiple." Um, and so that's that's why I say sales and marketing becomes important because if they get stopped up there, then they really don't understand the value proposition of managed services. And and um, they really need to spend more time focusing on how to sell managed services and less time doing break fix.
1: Yeah, good point. Mo- moving on, um, but but not. Entirely leaving the contract uh, issue behind, uh, I want to talk about insurance. Um, yeah, I've I've heard the the risk aggregation argument. Uh, my response to that is, well, then removing the MSP removes the risks, does it not? And they're very fa- they're very quick to say, oh no 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 no, no we don't want to remove the MSP because I think they understand that that would be completely abandoning the position and letting the bad guys have unfettered access to the targets of opportunity. Your contracts are now stating that, hey, the, the customers have to have some coverage of cyber. It can't just all reside on the MSP. Explain to the listeners who haven't been familiar with this line of thinking what that means.
0: So in, in our agreements, there is an insurance section that specifies the insurance to be carried by the MSP and by the end user customer. And when it comes to the MSP, it says that the MSP will carry tech errors and omissions insurance, including cyber liability insurance. When it comes to the customer, it says that they will carry appropriate business insurance, including first party cyber liability insurance. Why that's important is if there's an incident the customer's carrier will pay to investigate, remediate, and defend that incident, regardless of the cause. And therefore, you've got insurance from the inception. If that insurance company thinks it's the MSP or someone else's fault, they may go after them. But with this combination of two policies, the end user will never be suing the, the MSP. You know, it'll be a it'll be a fight between com- insurance companies, if at all having this approach doesn't pit the customer against the msp.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're looking at 2023 now the the Gartner numbers look really positive. Um IT services uh, is is projected to be well I think 1. 1.3, 1. 1.2 at least 1.2 million or, sorry, 1.2 trillion next year, yeah. um, solid growth. Um, I, th- I think around 8% growth, uh, compared to this year. So really good. So we're looking at least the financials look solid. Um, if we still have inflation, if we still have, if we have a recession, um, what, what, what do you think the life of the MSP is going to look like next year?
0: I think the MSP has got to be careful about pricing strategy. <clears throat> um, I think the there's a risk that you go in and you don't raise rates enough and you your your margins are squeezed and you, you don't have enough to pay people what the market will demand and so that'll show up in retention and other problems. On the other hand, you run the risk of pricing yourself out such that you know you're you're, you're so high that your customers go shop you and find alternatives. But I, I think pricing strategy is going to be very important. I think by and large most listeners if they could do anything valuable right now is go raise your prices. You know,
1: like a cost of living
0: is, is, uh, yeah, yeah, well look, cost of living adjustment now is 8 to 10.
1: That's that's so, pretty big, you know, yeah.
0: If you if you haven't if you haven't raised your rates in a couple of years, you're probably 12 to 15% below where you need to be. So, you know, my advice is go raise your rates. You may lose some customers, but my experience is you don't. Uh, People are always afraid to raise their rates, and then they laugh when they do it because nobody balks, especially in this environment where everybody has to raise their rates. This is not new. Um, So I would say the most important thing uh, for next year for MSPs is pricing, because if you think about the Gartner number, If inflation is really 8 to 10, then demand is flat. There's really no growth, and all you're seeing is the effect of inflation in those numbers.
1: That's a good point. That's a really good point. You studied economics, didn't you, in undergrad? I forgot that.
0: I did, yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) it stuck with me. Um, But, yeah, especially in this kind of environment, when you see what happens when people play with the economy and how it impacts things. Um, I wish they went to some of those classes I went to. Um, uh, but but I think the point is get your pricing right. If you haven't raised prices, raise prices. Uh, if you don't raise prices, you're not going to be able to keep up. Um, you don't need to be the lowest cost provider. <clears throat> you need to be competitive and you need to charge enough to take care of your people. You need to buy them gifts and give them programs and incentives and, you know, it, it, the labor could market is competitive. You need to be charging your customers more and giving more to your staff. Um, but but I think realistically, next year is going to be good. I think there's going to be uh, winners and losers. Um, and uh, MSPs are going to have some of each. And that's why I said, you know get paid up front, eliminate your AR risk, um, automate as much as you can, lean out your staff, um, all these things are the type, you know, don't go crazy on real estate. You know, I think belt tightening overall is important. You know, manage your costs. Um, you don't want to have a higher expense structure than your competitor. You want to have a low expense structure. I think all of these things are are positive things to do when you're getting ready to enter uncertain economic times. And,
1: and, and, and all that being true, and I think that all of it is true, we still have strong demand. The underlying demand, I think, is strong. The question is, the, are the customers gonna survive? And and are the MSPs gonna pick wisely and, and kind of prune their customer tree to make sure that they have the right managed services customers and, and kind of maybe get rid of those, you know, the dead limbs that are maybe more they only want break fix. They only want reactive, they don't want to invest in security those are the one those are the, the the branches that need to get get let go
0: and look i would start with my sales and marketing activity and start with those that way if they say no it's no big deal you didn't lose anything yeah you start point. with the lowest day you know go pitch your lowest end customers on your new security focused managed services solution if they say no tell them here's your 30 days we're we're not doing this business we're going into high security, uh, scalable managed services for for your benefit and ours. If you're not on board with it, it it's nice knowing you. Goodbye.
1: Good point. Good point as always. Hey, we always say this, but I'm going to say it again. If you haven't gone to Rob's website, Scott and Scott LLP. So it's Scott and not ampersand. It's Scott, A-N-D, Scott, LLP dot com. Did I get that right? You did. All right. Go to the website, check them out, get a consultation, get your contracts reviewed. If you don't have a contract, don't do anything else until you get a contract. If you've had your contract for 10, 15, 20 years since you went to that .com conference in San Francisco, and that's the contract you've been using, it's probably time for a new one. (laughs) Go Go to Rob, get it updated. And do yourself a favor because I think the right contract um, can really make a big difference in your overall risk. And it can make a very big difference in in aligning your managed services business strategy for next year. And, and Rob and his team have always been doing a great job of that and um, can't go wrong with them. Rob, um, if I don't talk to you before then. Have a, a very happy holidays, happy new year, and I'm sure we will be talking a lot in 2023 about all of these topics and uh, and probably some new ones if, if, uh, if history proves right.
0: Well, Charles, thank you so much for a wonderful year, and uh, happy holidays to you and your family, and happy new year, and um, look forward to talking to you very soon.
1: Absolutely, folks, and the same to all of you, and uh, we're going to have an awesome 2023.